Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, I'm going to pick up where we left off last week. Last week, we did a couple of um, sessions about how to prepare for a, a new project, how to start a new project. And today, I want to work on how do we follow through on that project. And as much as uh, improper preparation for a project is probably one of the most important things I see people do wrong, follow through on that project seems to be where it all ends, it's where something happens. So you say, I want to do something. I want to lose weight. That's a goal. I want to become financially free. That's a goal. I'd like to increase my passive income. That's a goal. I'd like to have better relations with people around me. That's a goal. Whatever the goal is, right? You set this goal for yourself. And it doesn't come to pass. And you wonder why. And what's really sad is that not only does it not come to pass, but like tons of these things in your life don't come to pass. You never really lose that 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds you need to lose. You never really repair those relationships that you've abused. You never really become financially free. You never really change over from earned income to passive income. And so when this stuff is in your life and it's going on, why doesn't it find its way to the end? I find that I have a tremendous ability to start projects and a tremendous inability to finish projects. Think about that. I'm really good at getting the information and starting a project. That's what we talked about last week, two days straight. Uh, Getting the information necessary to start that project. But why is it that when you get into that project, you just lose interest in it? It doesn't come to pass. I want to cover some of the stuff today that I think is a problem. But before we get into where my problems are, let's start with what I think most people's problems are. Most people's problems are what we talked about last week, which is improper preparation. Vince Lombardi said it best when he said, practice doesn't make perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. And if you practice those things which are effective, then you will become very effective. But if you practice those things which are ineffective, you're just getting better at being ineffective. And I think that's so true in so many cases that people have learned how to start the projects incorrectly. And they're failing right out of the blocks. And when you fail right out of the blocks, pretty hard to keep going, right? No preparation. Remember, proper preparation prevents poor performance. But if you have improper preparation, 
then you almost guarantee poor performance. And so we covered a lot of this last week about how you don't have improper preparation, how you have proper preparation. But I wanted to follow up with it's probably the number one killer of dreams. So what do I mean by that? Well, if you want to lose weight and you go out there and study someone's weight loss program that doesn't work or isn't based on true science, you're destined for failure. If you want to become financially free and you follow somebody who is not financially free, you're not going to become financially free. I see it all the time. Over the years, I've had hundreds of my students decide that they like educating more than they like doing. Whereas I've always believed that the the secret to this business would be in there and be involved in doing the business. So you have the insights from doing the business to teach other people. As a teacher, to have an edge, you've got to be involved. But I see all these other people who just go out there and steal other people's material and just try to talk about being successful when they've never been successful. And they're trying to make money off teaching success instead of being successful. I see that all the time. It's very common. And some people get pretty far along that way because they're pretty good BSers, to be honest with you. And they can talk a good story about other people's stuff, not about their own because they've never really done anything or not done anything to the level in which they're trying to pretend that they're experts at. The second one then I think that comes into place is something called laziness. You know, I don't know what percentage of people fall into this category. I have no idea because I don't think a lot of these kinds of people show up at my doorstep or run into me in my life. But there is just a certain amount of laziness in life. You just don't want to do it. And I don't know why people are lazy. I I really don't. I mean, it could be a psychological thing. It could be um, an emotional thing. It could be a physiological thing. But laziness, and I have to tell you, every once in a while, and you got to be honest with yourself, I get struck by this to where there's two or three days in a row that I get nothing done, absolutely nothing. And in my case, it it normally follows some type of a situation where I stayed up all night long doing something or I was emotionally upset about something, but whatever. You just get to the point where you go like, I just don't want to go do this stuff. And you get lazy. Now, think about having a job and getting lazy. Man, that that happens. People go to work and do nothing. I don't have a job, so my laziness just endeavors me to bounce around the house and do nothing. But it's do nothing as far as improving my health, do nothing as far as improving any of my projects or moving forward on my projects, do nothing as far as uh, physical fitness, do nothing as far as developing relationships. I mean, it's just like I just get lazy and do nothing. And I wish I had the answer for you, other than you've just got to break through that laziness and go, okay, here we go again. Which brings me to the next most important point, I think, is follow-up, measurement. I think many people don't complete projects because they don't measure. I talked last week about building a bridge and that that was one of the most productive projects that I've done in a long time because I drew the whole thing out and created a blueprint of it before I started. I had all the measurements in place. I had all the connections uh, on the blueprint, where I was going to connect it and what I was going to connect it with. I had uh, pre-thought out all the um, 
the finishings, the finishes I was going to put on it and how I was going to apply them. And, uh, you know, it, the whole thing was thought out about how to if, take it apart, finish it, carry it out to the project site, put it back together at the project site, and deliver it. So what happened was, as I went through this, what I was doing was at each level of the project, I was taking a picture. And I don't really know why I was doing that, to be honest with you. I think I was sending the pictures to my wife. I was sending the pictures to my daughter. I was sending the pictures to some of my employees and saying, hey, look, this is what I'm doing right now. Look at this pile of wood right here. Boom, I've just cut this to shape and size. And, okay, look at this. I've built this. And, you know, isn't that interesting how that, you know, looks and shaping the way it's done and so forth. And, hey, look, I took it back apart again and, you know, whatever. The bottom line was what was happening was that it had a clear view of the stages and the progress being made on this project. Now, I have other projects, like when I redid my railroad system. I have a, you know, miniature train set. It's not miniature, but 072 gauge or whatever it is. And uh, I didn't do that. I just started. I took it. I did. I built it. It was up and running. It was great. And yet I didn't like it. it. wasn't good enough. So I hadn't done the preparation to figure out how much quality I wanted. So I undid the project again, went back and started over. And I did some research. I did my, my youth or my typical due diligence into research for getting started. But I didn't have a plan as to what would get done first, what would get done second, what would get done third. And I just started doing all of it at the same time. And... What happened was there was no follow-up. There was no, okay, you're at point one, you're at point 1A, point 1B, point 1C. Now you're at point 2A, 2B, 2C. There was none of that. It was just like overwhelming. And the project became overwhelming because I quickly realized that this project could go on for the rest of my life. There's no end to it. There's no measurability to it. There's no knowing when it's done. And... There's no logical step-by-step process to get there. And so to this day, my train layout still lays there uncompleted. And I keep telling myself, as soon as I do all these other projects, which, by the way, I have very well laid out, I'll go back to that project. But I kind of think in the back of my brain, I probably never will, you know, because I just don't know where is the step-by-step progress in the thing. It just seems like there's no winning points along the way. I didn't beat that, then beat that, then beat that, then beat that. It's just, it's all there. Just giant mess. And because it wasn't well prepped, planned out, and I actually, by the way, got out of CAD CAM software and created a blueprint of the thing, believe it or not. So there is a CAD CAM drawing on this project, but it was so big. And therein lies, I think, the next thing is that if your project is so big that you can't follow up little parts of it, it's not going to succeed. And that, I think, is really, if you tie it all together, of what follow-up is, follow-up can't exist if there's not definitive crossing points along the path. I am here. Wow. Take a breath. Did it. We got this part done. This up to here is done. Now let's go take on the next part. In projects, if you don't have that, if you don't have these definitive stages, 
And I know like last year I was buying grocery stores. I told you last week I was buying grocery stores. My definitive project was to buy one. That was very easy to focus on. It was a lot of work. Don't get me wrong. The first one was scary as can be. Took massive preparation to do. Uh, But the follow-up was step by step. There was, you know, multiple steps you could see needed to happen. And they happened. And you cross those timelines. You cross those successful completion points along the project way. And you get there. Well, once I had one down, the project plan was easy. I knew what I was doing. I knew what those points were. And I actually got at the end where I was doing two or three of them at the same time. Because I could handle the structure of the plan. Because I had done it enough to master it. That, my friends, is the second reason things don't get done. We'll be right back with the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Lifestyles Unlimited Success Stories. If you got laid off tomorrow, what would you do? Would you have to be working at McDonald's or wait to try and find another job with the downsizing the economy? Kept on coming to meetings, even with David Fisher online and stuff like that, but still, we just like, we need to make the jump. So we kept praying for time to get this job done, to, to be able to find the properties. How do we find the properties? How do you find the time? And God answered our prayers, and he got downsized from his corporate job. This house was a dog, and... Through the rehab, I think we turned it into a little pony. You bought the house for $73,000, and your appraised value actually is $144,000. You put in forty-five dollars worth of work, so that leaves you a net equity of $11,000, with a return on capital gain of 70%. The cash flow is $458 a month for a cash-on-cash return rate of 35%. In person and online learning dates at lukstudy.com. Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Today, we're talking about why don't people follow through on projects. And, you know, last week we talked about how to get started on a project, proper preparation, prevents poor performance type of thing. But today we're talking about why don't people follow through on these projects and complete them. And, I mean, I find myself falling into this category more times than I'd like to admit, to be honest with you, that I start a project and I don't finish it. So we're covering the different problems that you run into. And I think number four on the list is probably one of my worst problems in getting completed with something, that is intimidation. You'll be chucking along here on your project, and things are going just fine, and you know, there's some parts of the project that is quick, some parts that are slow, lots of, lots of time involvement, repetition, but they're really not hard. You know, you're just going through some, but all of a sudden you run into something in this project that requires a skill that you don't have. You go over here and deviate from what you're doing because you have to leave this project alone because you don't have the skill to take this next project step on. So you have to go learn a new skill. And if you get into learning that new skill, think, okay, you know, I didn't even think about the fact that at some point I was going to have to know how to weld. 
or at some point I was going to have to raise the capital to buy this real estate, you know? At some point I was going to have to understand legalities behind what I'm doing, you know? And you don't realize that this thing that you're taking on has a step in it that's so massively intimidating, you can't get through it. And I've seen more and more and more projects fail, and I've you know, blame myself on this situation. In my train layout thing, one of the things that I did was um, I had this roundhouse that was, that needed to be built. And, you know, I called the guy when I was buying it from him. Uh, he sells the, the, the pattern. He sells the, the pieces and it's made out of um, plaster of Paris walls and stuff. And you buy the, the pieces and the wood and the plaster of Paris walls and stuff and you paint them and then you glue them together and build this thing. But this thing was intimidating. I mean, it was incredible how complicated this thing was. And I'd call the guy, and first I said, you know, do you really think somebody's never built models before? Can build this model of this roundhouse? Oh, no problem. It's really not that hard at all. Well, it's not that hard for somebody who's done it. It's not that hard for a guy who built it, invented it, knows enough about it to, to sell them. But I think he oversold me because when I got to this thing, it was intimidating. My gosh. And so I tried to work it like it was a project on its own and follow through step by step by step by step by step. But the intimidation factor set in. Now, I'm going to get back to this thing because it's one of the goals of my life is to finish this stupid building and get it on my layout. But... It was and is, to this day, an intimidating factor. There's many other things I've done that become intimidating factors to where you go, man, everything else is easy, but this, this part of this project is just beyond my scope. I just don't know how to do it. And everything stops right there. You're just totally intimidated out of going forward with what you're doing. So you're trying to get through, you know, you're going to go buy a rent house and you run into taxes, tenants, toilets, screening tenants, filling out the legal paperwork, leasing, tenants that won't pay, evictions, all of these things that any one of which could be totally intimidating to you. Maybe you don't have any idea how to evict somebody. You just can't even imagine kicking somebody out of a living space. Going to court just as intimidating to you. How do you go to court? I'm not an attorney. How do you do that? Now, the truth of the matter is it's really not even that tough, but it's intimidating. It really is to show up in a court and have a judge telling you where to stand and how to sit and how to talk and what you can wear and, you know, you're out of order, and you're, you, you can do this, you can't do that, you can enforce this, you can't enforce that, and you have no idea what any of that has to do with what you're trying to accomplish. Total intimidation. Now, once you break through it, after you've done a few, I used to enjoy evictions. It was fun. And not for the reason you think, because I'm just kicking somebody out. It was fun because nobody else knew what they were doing, and they were all totally massively intimidated. So just go stand in front of the judge and say, you know, Your Honor, I'm not in the position of 
wanting to kick people out of my business. I'm in the position of wanting to get the money that people owe me for being in my business. And so, yeah, if they can give me the money right now, I don't need to do the eviction. But can they give me the money? Well, can you? I think he's pretty clear. You need to pay him. No. Well, then you got to go. And it was just getting to that point where you realize you don't have to sound like a lunatic to evict somebody. But once I got that, it was no longer intimidating. And then the eviction process was just a real useful tool. Well, the same thing is true with anything else you do. Once I learned how to use my spray rig for my painting when I painted my bridge, I had no idea this thing was an expensive, upper-end, upper-scale spray rig that I watched no less than five or ten videos on how to use. And I went through it step by step. And as I did, I got through it. And once I got through it once, the second day, the third day of using it was nothing. But man, was it intimidating when I first started. And I think intimidation is one of those factors that really gets in people's way. A lot. You run up against something that intimidates you, and you just drop the whole project. So you wanted to be financially free. You run up against the fact you have bad credit. How do I fix that? That's intimidating. You run up against the fact you don't have enough money in the bank. How do I fix that? That's intimidating. There are these big things in life that you didn't learn how to master that are now incremental requirements to the new project. And until you master those incremental requirements, you can't complete the project. So when you run up against one of these that just really scares the bejeebers out of you, you're intimidated, and the project dies on the vine. It's over with. And I've seen so many people, you know, they get up, they want to change, they take steps towards changing, maybe, maybe even do proper preparation and research things and study it. But when they get to that skill level, that one thing they have to do that they're intimidated to do, it's over with. So what I'm saying is, when you run into these intimidation factors, the only way to break through them is to study, to work, to study, to work, to study, to work, to study, to work, and just push and push and push. The next one I want to bring up is too high of expectations. I found this in my uh, train shop, putting together my train layout, is that I've got four tables that are... I think probably six foot by 10, 12 foot square or rectangular. And then they're all connected together with different runways that go from one to the other. So you get one, you know, four different actual layouts is what it is. I should have started with one. I should have just put one together and not four. But I designed it because I, I knew what the end result I wanted it to be. So I designed it on CAD CAM and had this beautiful layout, but it was too much. It was just way too big a project for a beginner to do. I had looked into having somebody build my train layout for me, and even though you know, it would have cost $400,000 for me to have built, I was thinking you know, having a professional build it, the fun of using it. But then I started thinking, no, the fun is actually building it and designing it and working through the projects and the problems. And that's where really the hobby of railroading comes in to play. Yet I just, I set the expectations too high right from the beginning. If I would have set them lower, I could have set them high, but small. I could have set them low, but large. But I set them high and large and it just overwhelmed me. I had too high of expectations for what I could accomplish and 
that burnout occurred for whatever reason. We've discussed all the different reasons burnout occurs and why projects don't get completed today. But I think that really is one that you have to look at. When, again, I look at this bridge project and think, man, this is one of the most effective projects I've ever done. It was very minimalistic. I could have taken and built an arched bridge. I know how to do it. I know how to create arches. I know how to cut wood into slices, put it into forms, glue it together, and bend it, and then glue it together, and hold it together bent until it drives that way and becomes arched. I didn't want to do it. I said, you know, by the time I got that part of the project done, I could have done the whole project. And I was very happy that I didn't do that because that one part of the project would have made it overwhelming. But I didn't do that with my train project. I made it overwhelming. I had too high of expectations. So, you know, geek guys come in and say, Dell, look, I have no passive income at all. I make $100,000, $200,000 a year in earned income, and I want to replace that in one year or two years. And you say, man, why don't you just work on maybe getting $1,000 a month in passive income or 5000 a month in passive income? Give yourself a small win. Be happy with that small win and then decide what your next stage and step would be. But they don't want to do that. And so they want to take on this all or nothing type project. And I see people do that, and I've seen people lose some money this way, where they go out and they put a ton of money into the first project they get into and they blow the project and they lose the money because they took on too much. They had too high of expectations. Money earns a certain return in any marketplace. That return is subject to the financial woes that are going on in the marketplace at that time. 10 years ago, 20 years ago, let's say, I could have earned 10% return on my money all day long. In fact, I many times was earning 100% return on my money. Nowadays, you'd be happy to earn 5 to 10% on your money, and that would be a big win because there's just so much money. The inflation process that, the, that you guys don't want to believe that the government is creating, the government is inflating everything. And when there's more money chasing fewer products, the price of everything is going through the roof. So what has that done for us in real estate? We've gotten richer and richer and richer because our real estate values just keep going up. The rents just keep going up, but you can't expect to make the returns you were making back when you could buy real estate for a tenth of what you can buy for today. It's not the same. Now, if you look at the across-the-board returns, real estate is still, you know, percentage-wise, a higher rate of return than any other thing you can get into. And if I knew something I could get into that was as safe as real estate with as high a return as real estate, I'd get into it. I have no love for real estate. It's just a tool. So if you start out with expectations that are too high, you're going to be frustrated and you're going to lose the battle on sticking with the project. Now the last one, number six. This particular problem, I'm trying to think how to say this, I don't know how to fix. You know, I can't mentor you through this because I just, it's something weird. But what it is, is changing priorities in life. Changing priorities in life. Now, the challenge with this one is, is that sometimes changing priorities is the right thing to do. 
Sometimes you've prioritized something that's useless in your life. And you wake up one day and go, I don't know why I'm even doing this. This is not a priority in my life, not my time and energy and effort and intelligence being spent on this project that I started. And when you change your priorities, whatever project you're in at the moment just languishes. It just dies right on the vine. I've had stuff sitting around projects that I started that I just changed my priorities. It just wasn't a priority anymore. And I just dropped them, left them sitting there on the floor of the garage saying, okay, you know, I'll come back to this maybe someday. Or maybe someday I'll just take it and throw it in the trash can and say, this isn't important anymore. Now, you know, you get priorities like I was trying to gain weight. My, my daughter was uh, dating a pro bodybuilder, and she was trying to get a pro card. And I wanted to get back into bodybuilding as an old 70-year-old bodybuilder kind of guy because I wanted to get on stage with her, and we could have a daddy-daughter going to daddy-daughter competitions. And we probably would have tore them up. Priorities changed when COVID came about, and I lost all the weight and quit. I hope you learned something today, and remember this. It's not the money. It's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.